You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. You okay with glasses? Glasses look good. I like the glasses. Glasses look good. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And I think I feel like... Every episode I start off by saying it's been a journey, but uh, damn, it's been a journey and the journey continues. Uh, but for, you know, for this journey, I think part of the beauty of what I've looked at as an early adopter is looking at the, the not only the trends, but the trendsetters. And uh, there's very few people that we've been able to kind of bring on the podcast that uh, I got to know pre-podcast uh, and then also got to kind of follow along on this journey. And uh, this uh, today's episode will be a little bit uh, of an exception to that rule, which I uh, ex- super excited to, to share, to talk, kind of lean into some of the uh, you know, kind of the world we've been in as creators. And so without further ado, uh, Doc Peace, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Long overdue, but excited to have you on the show. Yes, thank you so very much for having me. It's wonderful to be here and to connect with your community at NFT365. Yes, so yeah, we actually met... Uh, I, I like to think of it as the first NFT three, uh, NFT NYC where right? there, I know there was one prior, but most people weren't even at that one. Uh, but we, we got to meet at Margaritaville, uh, there in, uh, in New York, which feels like, I mean, it feels like five years ago, easily, right? Like <laughs> decades. Easily, yeah, easily. I mean, it's before pretty much every one of our listeners before every NFT that you hold that you like, is before they were even thought of, right? Like it's it was before that whole world. But we've also then been able to go to a lot of events together, um, share a lot of the same stages. Uh, and I just love who you represent as a as a brand, as a personality, as also as someone that um, stands up for what they believe in. And I, you know, excited to have you on the show from that side. For those aren't as familiar of your journey, give us a little taste of pre Web three pre getting to meet you at uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, Margaritaville, and then we'll kind of get into some of the things that you have going on in your world today. Wonderful. Firstly, I want to say how present you are and how I love how present you are. When you're there, you are there. You're there to connect. You're there to vibe. You're you're there to absorb. You're there to teach. You're there to everything. So that's something I really noticed about you, Brian. So thank you for that. So For those of you who I haven't yet had the pleasure of connecting with, my name is Dr. Peace Uche. Many people refer to me as Doc Peace. I'm a doctor by trade. So that's what many people don't really know. They don't realize that I'm actually a doctor, doctor of pharmacy specifically. So before I shifted to the Web3 space, I was practicing as a pharmacist in more of the corporate behind the scenes settings. So I was working for multi- just I was managing billion, multi-billion dollar companies and supporting them with their assets. Like, I mean, when I say this out loud, it's it's it blows my mind that I was doing that at the time. But it's something that it it didn't really light me up in that creative way. It paid the bills, it made me look really good. As a Nigerian American, you know, that's really important in my family. <laughs> to look good on paper. Right. And it 
it, it, it checked all the boxes in terms of consistent income, um, being able to afford a car, a really nice car, being able to afford a really nice place to live. It, it looking the, the role of a successful individual, but it didn't really align, like I said, with what I felt that I wanted to do when I said I wanted to help people. And I think many of us want to help people. And then we get caught up in that, that idea of what it looks like to help people, right? Rather than coming up with our own way of actually helping people. And when I decided to, sh- to pivot, that decision actually landed in my lap in the form of a five words, five words is when, when this decision landed in my lap. And these five words were, Dr. Peace Uche, we have to let you go. So we have to let you go were those five words that changed my life. And when I was laid off from this corporate position, I had one of two choices. I could either go back and start over essentially at another corporate facility doing the same thing that I knew what to do, how to do it, or I could try something new. And that's exactly what I did. I started my own business. Um, it was became a long story short. I, it became a business consulting business because that's what I knew what, how to do. I started my own entrepreneurial business as a speaker, and I wanted to teach others how to do that as well. How to tie in these 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 uh, important business like insights so that they can grow and launch their own companies and be able to package their expertise and serve who they want to serve, helping people again. And so that's what I did before Web3. And it it paid the bills. It did it did all the things that I wanted that I was doing in the pharmacy space and and then some. But again, it wasn't that like creative like expression that I was craving. And so you know me as a spoken word poet. And that's when I finally found what really lights me up. So yes, I still work as business consulting. I still do those, like those, those, these, these, I wouldn't call them mundane tasks, but I I really am passionate about really helping people understand the importance of having that business mindset, that the strategy behind what it is you create. Because many people create tools that no one really wants. And so having that mindset and being able to manage that is really important. However, the spoken word piece is what really lights me up. And when you see me on those these stages, and, and I know we, we've shared these stages multiple times, so you see me perform, you can see that the energy in the room, that's palpable. And so I often refer to myself as a doctor by trade, spoken word poet at heart, because that's truly where my heart resides. So that's what I was doing outside of the Web3 space. And when I shifted to the Web3 space, I brought all of that with me. The business consulting strategy, helping other people uh, who were curious about the Web3 space pivot to the NFT space. In fact, that's the name of one of my courses, Pivot to NFTs. And then working with brands, companies to strategically share their story and using spoken word, leveraging spoken word, as I like to call it, for that for that powerful storytelling. I, 
I, I love I love the vulnerability. I love you sharing that part of the story. Uh, for you know, so many of our past guests, one of my favorite aspects is just letting people recognize the amazing backgrounds that so many people have in this space. Like it's just, you know, we've had, we've had a couple others that have been uh, doctors in the medical field that most were not, uh, you know, not aware of. We've had people from all, you know, walks of life, you know, from uh, being celebrity chefs to, you know, just so many creative um, aspects. Right. And I think the beauty in that is like being able to not only continue to do what you light, light you up, but also tap in, um, to that background. Right. And I, I think, you know, that energy that you convey as a spoken word poet and as someone that really convey, you know, you, you empower as well as inspire. Right. Which I think is that, you know, beautiful combination of how you connect with people where I think a lot of people will, will share their message or their story and, and they'll kind of do one or the other. And, and it's harder for people to kind of relate and connect. Um, but you also kind of walk your own walk, which I appreciate. And, and I have to say, you know, when you said those five words, you know, those five words were the same five words I got the last time I worked at a corporate company. I, uh, I helped a company buy the company that we were working for the startup I was working for. And on day one of that company taking over, they walked into my office and said, you know, in no better terms, uh, I don't know what the hell it is you've done for this company the last two years. I'm not sure how you've got away with what you've been doing, um, no. but you know, this is the uh, this is the end. Uh, this is kind of like your uh, you know kind of last jaunt forward. And and for me, I I remember that feeling. And as you were saying that, it brought a lot of that uh, to light for me. And unfortunately, I didn't have Web three at the time. I I I kind of was in like this weird lost space of of a creator that had kind of been known a little bit on the social media side, mm -hmm. but I was known more so for what, for what I was putting out there to the world and less about kind of behind the scenes, which I think we can both relate to that on. I'm curious, you know, we met prior to this whole NFT world kind of exploding and then in a way imploding and now kind of resetting, uh, setting itself. I'm as this journey, what are some of the things you've been able to tap in to your background and your kind of commitment, right? Cause I think that commitment to who you are and what lights you up, like to me, that's like the most inspiring element of anyone, right? Anyone that can step into their greatness, step into that energy. it takes more courage than anyone realizes, right? It takes more, um, in, more commitment and conviction and embedding in yourself. But I also believe like it, as great as that can be, there's also so much of that that kind of pays off down the road. So talk to me a little bit about like, what are you over the last, let's say two years or so, what, what aspects of your background and your career have you been able to really tap in to continue to drive forward, you know, in this NFT space, especially? Yeah. So one thing that really feel has really been speaking to me lately is again, this, this fact that we all tell ourselves to follow our, our passions, right. To follow our, to find our purpose and follow those passions. But if you're creating something that is in alignment with your passion, but again, no one really wants or has even asked for what it is you're creating, then it, it lands, it just lands flat. Yes. And so when I was, when I was, when I entered into the web three space, I was like, okay, these are my, these are my skill sets. I'm able to effectively communicate. I'm able to uh, utilize spreadsheets and analyze numbers. I'm able to assess trends. I'm able to uh, to manage like assets. I'm able to 
memorize things and and be able to to speak those things that I memorized off memory. <laughs> I, like I, I listed off all of my my skill sets, my gifts, and spoken word, of course, was one of those gifts. And I asked myself, what could I offer this this new space that I found myself in? I had already been doing some consulting, the business consulting. My business consulting was going really well. And so when I shifted to the space, the question was, okay, how could I utilize my passion and my skill sets, my gifts and all the things to actually provide value to people who are here? And so I don't know if you know, but when I first entered into the space, when we connected that that same week, I attended the Gary Vaynerchuk event he uh, put on this uh, this event uh, outside of the NFT NYC conference satellite event. And I ended up closing out his event with spoken word poetry. And that was the way in which I tested this theory of mine that spoken word could land in this space. It could provide some sort of value. And it did. It, it did. I realized it, it landed really well and it was very empowering and inspiring, like you said, and that's the power of spoken word. But then I wanted to take a, a step further. Rather than me just sharing my story, which is empowering and inspiring, how could I provide value to others? And many people are looking for marketing support. They're looking for support with their marketing campaigns. They're looking for support with sharing their story, building community, uniting their community all the things, even profit generation, right? That's the biggest thing for marketing, right? Bringing in more community members, bringing in more profits. And so I said to myself, one of the things that lights me up, a lot of things do, but one of the things that lights me up is not just performing spoken word poetry, but writing pieces, writing the poetry and being able to identify and strategically share not just my story, but other stories. And so that's how I fell into this I wouldn't say fall, fell into. That's how I created this path for myself that you see me in now right. as someone who works with companies, brands, products, and events to create these customized uh, marketing assets that leverage spoken word as that modality to share strategically the story of that particular brand, the reason why they're here, the reason why they're they're they're. Uh, present, the reason why others should join them in, in their endeavors. And so when you ask like how I, how I stay true to that, it's because it's the thing that I do with the least amount of resistance. It's the thing that I do with the least amount of effort, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, no, I'm curious. I'm going to tap into that. Cause I think there's often this, because you mentioned earlier, I think, and this is one, I mean, it's been a soapbox of mine since 2013, 2014 on like, it, it's great to find your, your passion and your purpose, but if you can't, if you can't connect that with either what people are willing to pay for or being able to monetize in a way that allows you to do it, it it's where most people crash and burn. And unfortunately they, they will listen to someone like a Gary V and if they listen to all that he's sharing they can figure out that it's much more than that path. But if they listen to sound bites or to just titles of, of blogs, then they'll make, you know, they'll, they'll have misconceptions that will often be aligned there. And I think that's where a lot of people will kind of blame the system or blame what didn't fit for me. And you're like, well, wait a second. Like, it's great to have this and it's great to hone that, but like you have to tap in. And, and what you mentioned there, I think is often the other part of the struggle is that if it comes easy to us, 
it's often a struggle for us to recognize that it's worth others paying for, right? Yes, like, that. that's because it's like we like I I do it naturally, mm-hmm. and so in a way, and I and I say this because I struggle, right? I until I had launched my very first speaker mastermind, like I had this like weird notion, like I'm really good at what I do on stage, and I know that my skill set presents me that. Then I was like, why would someone want to pay for that? Or or how would I even monetize that? And and so I love that you tap that because I think for so many people that are listening to this, and I know so many people in our community, to me, it's not about launching an NFT, but it's about understanding the value in who you are and what you deliver. Talk to me a little bit about how you kind of have figured out that side of it, right? Because you know, I, I will just say just from a I always laugh when someone's like, well, Brian, you know, you have no problem, you know, speaking in front of, you know, thousands and twenties of thousands of people. Um, will you do karaoke or would you go do spoken word or do a, a comedy night? And I'm like, those things scare the living death out of me. Right? They're like, completely just, separate. Just because I have a <laughs> microphone on a stage does not connect. To, but like, I will also say the amount of respect I have for people that share a very similar delivery method is something that like I've always like appreciated. I like, created a creator. So talk to me a little bit about that because I think for many, connecting spoken word to monetization is is a gap that they probably and it doesn't mean that they're spoken word. They could be an AI artist. They could be someone that is a you know a podcaster. It could be someone that is is really great in their own niche as maybe helping educators. You know, I have someone in my mind that is so, someone that works great with educators to create better, um, you know, syllabus and better content for students. Mm-hmm. And there's like a gap for them on like, how do I connect that to business or even where does Web3 come in? How do you approach that in, in your world? Because I think it'll it'll connect so well to our audience. Yeah. So this is actually the very first module or segment of my Pivot to NFTs program. So many creators or service providers, entrepreneurs, they come to me with this exact same question. What could I offer this growing community that's very new to me? Or maybe sometimes they've been in the space, but they haven't offered anything yet too with the space. So they're trying to figure out exactly how they can provide value. And the very first thing that we do together is dial in your list. I call it your golden list to get gold and soon you'll see why the I'm really big on acronyms you'll you'll and this is something that I like I like these acronyms (laughs) yeah it comes from the pharmacy world being able to memorize being in order to memorize so many different drugs and names and disease states acronyms come very much in handy so that see mine comes the other way I work for the U.S. (laughs) government and everything in the military and government is acronym hell like you're in like they get acronyms thrown at you but then you eventually that's where we connect so I'm with you I I'm all about some acronyms (laughs) there's some power in these acronyms especially if you create them yourself (laughs) yes correct that's a great great, very valid point that's a very valid point (laughs) so this acronym is get and it's your gifts, your expert skills, and your talents. And when you take the time to dial in what your unique gifts are, your skill sets that you learned throughout your career path, and your talents, the things that really light you up, that you've spent days, hours, uh, years just in it, just dialing in this talent because it lights you up. Like Those are the things that you can then start realizing like how could you package this these like 
these skill sets, these talents, these gifts into something that actually solves a gap, that solves a need for someone else, that fills that gap and solves a need for someone else rather. And one thing that I feel like many people don't or skip this step is they they do this assessment, right? They understand what their gifts, skills, and talents are. They listed out seven of each so that they that way they have a lot to work with. But then they package and create something that no one really wants. They don't take the time to actually fill in a gap or to to do the market research to fill to see if there's an actual need for what it is that that you can provide that what, what it is you can give with your unique set of gifts, skill sets, and talents. So I I believe everyone has this unique set. Like no one else has the exact same set of gifts, skill sets, and talents as you, as as me, as everyone listening. If we were all to do this assessment, someone out there could probably calculate the odds of someone else having this unique set. But there's going to be a lot of differences between those two individuals. And so they're going to attract different people. They're going to repel different people. <laughs> and and once you do the take the time to to identify this list, this this list to get gold. And again, this is another acronym. Gold is not just the monetary gold, right? The money. Right. It's also it's a powerful acronym that I created, which stands for genuine, original, loving dreamer. So once you take the time to write this list of gifts, expert skills, and talents, it then allows you to get gold, meaning that you're now in alignment with what it is that makes you genuine, original, loving dreamer. And now you can follow those steps to finally manifest those dreams by following what you love. But again, it really requires you to do that market research to figure out if what it is you have can then support others with what it is they need. And, and I tell you what, I, I mean, I love everything about that. And I will say you were mentioning like the skill sets of a doctor, right? And, and Delphi cat who's on my team uh, is, uh, is a doctor as well. And, and the medical side of the world. And, and one of the things she like, always grab you know, always connected where she there were skill sets that she had that I I I'm not I haven't been exposed to many doctors in my life right there's uh other than you know going to the doctors right mm-hmm. and so many of the skill sets from like bedside manner to translating complex things that you know either we don't understand or we don't want to understand yep. and translating them in a way to relate is such a it's a it's a godsend in every way and it's such a skill that I believe transcends everything that we're doing. I, I would argue the more AI we integrate in the life, the more that skill set is going to be, you know, in demand. Yep. But I also think the the gap there for many is that they might see themselves, they might connect with what you're you're sharing there. But then there's the the act of either creating content or getting up on a stage and kind of tapping into your, your other, you know, skill sets where for you, it's the spoken word. How have you approached that side, right? As podcasts and newsletters and, and, and social content out there. I think for a lot of people that they, that they relate and probably connect with, you know, having similar skill sets or similar drive and background, but making that jump might be the hardest one for many. What was some of the things that you did early on or what are the things that you could you know, connect with that you were like, Hey, I can create content. I can put this message out in a newsletter. Cause those are 
as much as their marketing tactics, mm-hmm. they're kind of like the the bleeding edge of the business side, which let's face it, some very successful businesses that have been around for 80 years still have not figured out, right? Like they're, they're still, you know, finding success without that. Talk to me a little bit about that gap, because I don't think the, the natural doctor background and your skill set would have easily transitioned into the content creator world, but it's natural for you as I've seen as, you know, as a consumer of your content. Thank you. So that's so very true. They didn't teach a lot of this to me, to any of us in pharmacy school, (laughs) unfortunately, Uh, which is interesting to say because I was actually invited back to my pharmacy school, my alma mater, UCSD, SCAS School of Pharmacy, to deliver a one and a half hour keynote on how I'm utilizing the skill sets I learned during pharmacy school and working as a pharmacist to have my own business. And like you said, there's a lot of transferable skill sets. And that's a key, that's a really key one that you pointed out, their ability to to basically speak in different languages, right? To yes. to to change something into a way that more people can understand, to translate that. And uh, that's definitely a, a very valuable skill set. But going back to your question about how I was able to pretty much teach myself for or understand the importance of content creation. Honestly, I had to get help. I've worked with multiple coaches. I've signed up with multiple coaches and uh, consulted with multiple individuals to teach me how to do what I'm doing in terms of showing up on social media, how to pitch media uh, to, to, to get on uh, other podcasts or to get on uh, newspaper articles and uh, and and to even to get on Forbes. So I had to work on understanding what went into being featured on these platforms. And then when I did get those opportunities, I had to work on what to say when I got <laughs> these opportunities, what to say when I landed a podcast interview, what to say when when I got the okay to be on in this in Forbes, what am I going to say in Forbes? Like, how can I submit to 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 get featured in these in these on these platforms? And I realized that it has a lot to do with not just showing up, but then having something of value when you show up, because then it's a ripple effect. More people see you, and they want to connect with you more, and it, it opens up the door. So I went from doing these cold outreaches to then. Now people approach me and they ask, can you be on my podcast? Can, can, can we feature you on this, in, on this paper that we're writing for such and such with David Bianchi, for example, like making those opportunities happen initially, but then once you do that and once you show up and you give value, then more and more doors open. So going back to your question, how did I get started? I asked for help. And I received the help that was given to me. And another thing that I did was I strategized in terms of creating time to do all the things I needed to do. Scheduling content creation in my calendar. This is something I still do, even though I have a team now. So making time every Friday to create content for the next week. And then uh, really taking the time to, uh, to, let me let me go back. When I first started, 
I was all on my own. Now I have a team, mm-hmm. not just an internal team, but I've partnered with multiple teams. So I have a media team now and their main role is to get me featured in media outlets, for example. And so when you, when you first get started, I would say the biggest thing is to set strategic times for yourself to do the outreach. And for example, the first week of the month, you could set the time four hours on Wednesday to pitch media outlets, to pitch as many media outlets as possible. And there's, there's um, like websites for, for pitching these media outlets. Um, I'm blanking on the name right now, but there's one in particular, help a reporter out, help a reporter out. I've had actually the the original founder of Horo has been a guest of the podcast. So Peter Shankman, uh, the original founder of Horo. So yes, very familiar. Go back and listen to that episode because <laughs> that's going to really, I'm sure that's going to really give you some insights as to how to pitch, how to pitch on um, these, uh, these reporters because they're looking for, con- for, for content. And if you can provide that content you're looking for, it's an easy feature. It's an easy, it's a win-win. So initially when you're looking for like avenues to, to get featured, to build your brand, spend the time spend at least four hours a month to, to outreach to these reporters and, and build rapport with them so that when you add value, they're coming back and wanting more, more value and you'll get more and more features. And then when it comes to content creation, schedule time for yourself to create that content. And I know many people might not be able to spend four hours a day or four hours on Fridays creating content for the next week, but you can div- divide that content up and now with the advent of AI, you can record 10 minutes of footage and then use an AI tool to divide up that footage into short little blocks with, with beautiful subtitles and, and, and it'll just create the content for you in a, in a second that would take you hours upon hours to, to do. But it requires you to set that time to create that initial content. And then it also requires you to understand which which tools are helpful? Which tools could to, could could help you on that journey of really utilizing your time uh, and maximizing that time that you have? Yeah, I, I I'm a I mean on my calendar still every single week I have I actually I always do I do two content uh, blocks on my calendar not because I need twice the time but with my ADHD and my own creator blocks. I have to I have to give myself permission or forgiveness to be like okay today is not actually and truthfully yesterday there was a my second half of my day was blocked yesterday for creation and I was not in a creation headspace I I went to start and I've known myself long enough and I was like yeah this isn't me <laughs> I was like I'm going to I'm going to tap into my Friday time slot that I have in and I I kind of switched and I, and I love that piece of it and I also have to say there's something about successful people in their profession and their background your ability to be confident enough to ask for help is something that people just don't recognize enough. And I, and I, and I recognize it cause I struggle and I've struggled with it for most of my career. I think it has a little bit to do with my ADHD and rejection sensitivity dysphoria and, and some things that I know that I'm still working on. But I, I just, I, I, I 
I love and appreciated your answer on like, Hey, I found people that knew what the hell they were doing. And I, and I hired them and I was able to consume that and take that and deliver that. And I think that is such a, it's such a game changer when you can do that. And for me, you know, I would say I, I probably did things that took me four years that if I would have just asked for help, it would have taken me, taken me less than a year and I would have been off and running. And unfortunately I kicked it down the curb and I had to learn everything myself. And so I, I love that you brought that in. And I think in that note, as we kind of bring this episode together, you know, as someone, you mentioned David Bianchi, he's been a, a previous guest of the podcast. Um, and I just, the, the spoken word um, art form to me is such a, there's such a the beauty of it. Like if, you know, most people that know the podcast, my escape, my mental health break is TikTok. I'm obsessed. I consume <laughs> a ton of TikTok. Uh, but I also think it's because like TikTok just gets to know me. And like, I have a lot of spoken word content that is, is in my TikTok feed um, from an appreciation of the, the wordsmithing to the storytelling to the, to how they, what words they don't use as much as the words that they do use. Like, I just really appreciate those pieces of the craft for those that are, that are trying to tell their story um, that are trying to get themselves noticed or get discovered or even grow their NFT project or what they're working on. What are some things that you could share with us from the spoken word craft that we could kind of help make us better storytellers in what we're doing here in web three? Two things, get vulnerable give yourself permission to drop into that vulnerable space because that's the core power of spoken word. When you share a story that's near and dear to your heart, that's sounded really sappy right now, but when you share a story that, that is, is that you connect with at a deeper level, it allows you to drop into that vulnerable space. And when you drop into that vulnerable space, that's where true connections are made. So, let yourself get vulnerable when you're sharing your story. And then secondly, open with that, that deepest point that you can, you can identify, like open with that. Like it's a, it's, it's similar to when you, you write pieces of content and you always want to have that, that first liner draw people in. Oh yeah. Your hook, right? That, your that, hook, right? Yes. So what can you open with that is aligned with your story, but really draws people in from the, from the beginning? Hmm. It's so funny. You said those two things and now like each spoken word that I consume, they hit that so beautifully, but I don't think I identified those two as connecting. I, I love that. And I think for, for those that are listening, I think that's also such a, you know, those things can kind of, as you lean into each of them, right? They unlock uh, additional mm -hmm. components. Um, for those that are, are listening that want, we'll put your you know social handles and things um, in the show notes, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, newsletters, course, I know you, what are, what are the things that are out there that you're, that you're currently working on that you're, that got you excited and uh, we'll definitely send people those directions. Cause I, I know you've connected with a lot of our audience. Yes, most definitely. I appreciate you for, for asking. So one thing that we recently launched is a pep talks, to strategically share your story. And in this weekly newsletter, we share tips and insights and tricks on how to share your story strategically. <laughs> so how to articulate your message and how to outreach to certain, certain sources and platforms so that you have the opportunity to share your story on these platforms so that you can grow. You can grow your brand, you can grow your, your community 
and it gives you massive exposure, but it also allows you to get more comfortable with sharing those stories. And again, when you share your story, you drop into that vulnerable space and that's where true connections are made. So we have our pep talks to strategically share your story newsletter, and we're currently working on another blog. And this one is more so for creative entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out what tools they can leverage to support their creative expression. So we're dropping another blog and it's all about giving you tips and tools and insights on all these new creative tools that are popping up. Uh, We're going to be dialing in these emerging trends, but also really showing you how you as a creator can utilize these tools and, uh, and really uh, make the most of your time. (laughs) And uh, there's, and not get lost in the hustle and bustle. So just going back to what we were talking about with the content creation, one of the, re- one of the things that we're doing uh, and I'm really excited about is we're starting a series on TikTok nice. called Tech Talks on the Boardwalk. Ooh. So I'll be conducting chats with my community members, my local community on what they're thinking, what they're using in terms of emerging technologies and what their thoughts are around some of these these tools like AI, ChatGPT, NFTs, if they're still investing in crypto given the current market. Uh, So having those types of conversations and then based off those conversations, linking them to these tools that are out there that are trending so that you can learn what from what other people are doing and also see what other tools other people are leveraging and maybe tools that they maybe should be leveraging. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I love both of those. I think are, are, are you know, not only needed uh, in this space, but I think um, as we continue to grow, right. As we continue to look at this creator economy, I think I look at the creator economy as that ever evolving um, aspect of not only how do we, you know, tap into our energy that you shared at the very beginning, but also how do we, you know, how do we, you know, prioritize, monetize. Uh, and then ultimately, I think the the thing that we probably, you and I connect on the most is, you know, how do we make the world a better place, right? How do we really uh, make the impact that we know that we want to be? Because I, I will say, I think when I look at it now, you, there's still some bad actors in the space as a whole, but the people that got into this space because they were like, hey, I believe we can make a, an impact mm-hmm. on the world. I believe we can do things differently. We can reset those tables that we've never understood why voices weren't on those tables mm-hmm. and, and really tap into the things that like we care about the most. Uh, I mean, that's what you're doing and leading the way on. So I love that you were able to come on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I know time flew by. We'll, we'll put links in the show notes. Uh, you're definitely a great follow on social for anyone who gets the chance to see you on stage as well. Uh, I just love the energy. Our, our, and we can match energy in, in our own unique ways. And uh, Doc Pisa was so much fun. Uh, to have you on. Anything, uh, any last words you want to share before we uh, we send everybody on their way? Yeah, I feel like we're leaving everyone on a cliffhanger because I didn't give an example of an Ooh. opening line that really draws you in. So I just want to leave everyone with that opening line as the closing line. <laughs> I have nothing to offer. I said first in my mind, then again out loud. My safe space was a space between the baseboards and the mattress. Underneath, the bed was where I felt safest. 
Goosebumps, goosebumps, Doc Peace. Thank you, my friend. You rock. Uh, I, I, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on this journey with you. And uh, for everyone listening, tap into your energy, tap into to what Doc has shared here. And uh, until next time, everybody, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own.